Hey folks, super jazzed to have Stephen Wright, CEO and founder of Healthy Gut on this edition of the Thrivality podcast. Over the years, I've tried a ton of probiotics, prebiotics, betaine HCL, antifungals, antiparasitics, anti-SIBO, mastic gum, monodiets, oxypowder, cleanses, colonics, you name it, over the years to help resolve candida, gut pain, gas bloating, and deep fatigue. I have been to the ER three times as a result of reflux, mimicking chest pain that felt like I was having a heart attack. I have been through a ton of digestive hell and have lived to tell the story. And since I'm always on the lookout for next level thinkers and wellness tools to help uh, take my health to the next level and resolve my remaining gut issues, I had to get Stephen on the show as I was so impressed with his expertise command of his domain and engineering level attention to detail. And most importantly, because my gut has been transformed after using uh, Stephen's uh, healthy gut products in, in just over six weeks, I just had to get him on the show. So in short, these products are completely next level um, that no other diet, cleanse, or supplement has been able to achieve. I mean, it's been absolutely remarkable. So we cover Stephen's interest in digestive health and how he was born um, with a defect that led him to have trouble troubles with um, extreme gas, bloating, and digestive pain in college and early adulthood that resulted in him almost losing his, his dream job. But that pain led him to experiment with specific carbohydrate diet, which helped, it, which helped him a ton. Um, but he also went on to become a Kalish practitioner and coach hundreds of people to better health. He started the SED Lifestyle um, website and community with his uh, former business partner, but he eventually, you know, experienced some burnout. So he took some time off and deepened his healing by doing extensive psychedelic-assisted emotional and body work, which he found super helpful. Emerging refreshed, he perceived uh, life's call right in front of him due to his own challenges with digestive struggles, and he determined to take digestive products to the next level which became uh, his healthy gut line of supplements. So during the podcast, we cover specifically my personal struggles with gut issues, starting with a dental accident that I had as a kid, followed by several rounds of antibiotics that lasted um, well into my adulthood. All things I have tried over the years, right, which I listed somewhat above. Stephen struggled with digestive health uh, that started as a child, a teen, and into adulthood. How he started experimenting with supplements as a teen how college pizza and beer led to more digestive problems, including severe gas and bloating, how he almost lost his dream job due to the excessive gas that I mentioned previously, how he had a digestive accident on a bus ride in Chicago that was incredibly embarrassing and motivating for him to do things different, how he discovered the SCD or specific carbohydrate diet and how that helped, Um, and then um, Stephen's burnout as he became a a Kalish practitioner, he helped a lot of, of people, um, but uh, he got a bit burned out, decided to step away for a time, and he pursued deeper healing doing psychedelic-assisted emotional work. And how that really helped him reboot and eventually realize his calling was right in front of him, AA, how he could help people um, with digestive health via a next-level line of uh, supplements. A deep walkthrough of each product, which includes digestive enzymes, butyrate, and betaine HCL. Why each product is unique in terms of its ingredients, cofactors, and delivery mechanisms, how digestive enzymes can be used systemically in between meals or at night for great gut and body healing, 
how butyrate is a postbiotic. And I found this absolutely fascinating. It's not a prebiotic or um, probiotic, but it's a postbiotic. And we'll get into what that means and how it can help heal leaky gut, leaky brain, mucosal membranes, and more. Why healthy gut uh, betaine HCL product contains intrinsic factor DHL and ginger. How to get started with each of his products. What is in the product pipeline in healthy gut. And of course, a discount code for trying healthy gut products. So I hope you enjoy um, the show. Please post your questions um, on the site. And thank you so much. Enjoy. All right. Hello, folks. This is EJS from Thrivality.com, and I'm super excited to have Stephen Wright um, from HealthyGut.com join me today to discuss next-level gut health. As many of you who follow me know, I have had an incredible journey uh, sort of reorienting my gut and getting it back online, if you will. Uh, and, and Stephen, for different reasons, had a similar journey, born with um, uh, some, some challenges that his doctor later identified. And sort of grown into problems as he grew into a teenager and as an adult where he had literally yeah, all kinds of uh, digestive pain and, and gas and bloating uh, that led him to create with his partner um, the specific carbohydrate diet and then eventually healthygut.com, healthygut.com where he's um, generated or, or created some, um, some supplements, some digestive enzymes, um, butyrate, and then an HCL guard product. So uh, Stephen, thanks so much for joining and, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. And just for the record, I did not, and we did not invent the specific carbohydrate diet. Actually, some amazing doctors in Vanderbilt back in the 20s did, uh, but their work has kind of been lost. And then Elaine Gottschall popularized, popularized it, and then she passed on. And so we were just trying to pick up the torch and make it uh, a little bit more accessible at the time. Awesome. Well, thanks for the thanks for the clarification. We always want to get the the facts in the in the history. Yeah, I just I mean, there's been so you know so much happens in the the biohacking and the health world. I just always wanted to to be clear that I'm standing on the shoulders of you know amazing people that came before me. And, and that's certainly true of 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 all of us. Yeah. Well, let's let's dive in. Um, I'm sure you've covered your history and background, and maybe it feels a little bit like a broken record to have to do it again. But to give you know the listener a little bit of context, um, what were some of the gut challenges that that you faced that led you to explore the specific carbohydrate diet and then eventually uh, create healthy gut? Yeah. So I mean, at the time, um, I was having a a series of embarrassing sequences, you know, from having an accident with my suit and a commuter bus on the way to Chicago. And when oh. you're on a, when you're on a commuter bus, that doesn't make any stops. You're kind of stuck on, uh, in a situation there for, you know, 30 minutes with uh, stuff in your pants. And so there was stuff oh. like that to, you know, my boss called me, I worked at uh, KPMG at the time and, and downtown Chicago and my boss was like, Hey man, you can't, you can't be farting in the office because your coworkers are not happy with this. And, and like, that was kind of a wake up call. You know, there was a lot of, uh, uh, there was a lot of moments that were embarrassing, but that one was because at the time that was like my dream job and I'd worked really hard to get it. And the fact that now my gut was threatening my dream job was like really, uh, upsetting to me, despite all the pain that I was going through and all the stuff that had been happening and all the ongoing bloating. Like I would literally cry after every meal. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter if I was eating chicken and salad or burgers and beers with the client or something like that, like it always hurt. And as a Midwestern man who wasn't, uh, hadn't really done much work yet in, in therapy and stuff, I was like, you know, 
just push through the pain. I can do this. And then the doctors basically told me the same thing. Cause after that, I immediately went to the, I immediately started seeing Western physicians in Chicago. They screened me for celiac disease, genetic markers. This is 2008, 2009. Uh, I was negative for the, the two allies for, for celiac disease. Uh, and so they basically just said, well, look, uh, based on everything you're telling me, you have a family history of IBS and, and it sounds like your family is kind of a farty family and has some IBS stuff. So this is just who you are, man. This is what you're going to have to do the rest of your life. Here's some antibiotics, here's some Metamucil and you should try whole grains. And so, uh, you know, for, for like four or five weeks, I tried that. I was like, you know what, fine. I'm, I'm just being a wuss. I need to suck this up and, uh, you know, I can do this. And then I was up all night. I had to cancel a date. And I was up all night on the toilet and I called uh, one of my best friends from college, Jordan, who we ended up starting the company together. And because uh, most people who have really bad gut pains typically have like one friend that they confide in. Like yeah. most people really don't know how bad it is. Like when you're having diarrhea 15 times a day, you don't tell most people about that. But you usually have somebody in your life that you, that you have to confide in. And Jordan was that. And he would pick up the phone and, and he was like, man, Remember that specific carbohydrate diet that I told you about? Like that I, he had met this, this, you know, crazy doctor, this alternative guy in, in Michigan. And the guy basically said, so you're telling me that you've, you're celiac, you've ripped out your cupboards, you throw away every pan, you're, you've been gluten-free without cheating for six months. And you're still having, you know, like 12 to 15 times of diarrhea a day. And he's like, yeah, he's like, great. Read this book about the specific carbohydrate diet and don't come back and see me until you've tried it. And it like, he had waited months to see this guy and this guy treated him like that. And it was like a, a big deal. He was so mad. He called me about it. Well, then I called him back and he's like, Hey man, I started that thing. And like, like basically my diarrhea is gone. Like you need to switch your diet. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I started like a couple of weeks later after I of course binged too much on, on beer and then had a lot of pain <laughs> and uh, you know, I immediately felt the effects. I mean, I went from having like this crazy pregnant belly that would make me cry. And then I, I, I was stinking up the office. I was, but I didn't know how to do life any differently. Um, and like probably 50 to 80% of my gas was gone in one week of changing my diet. And I just, it just kind of woke me up like, wow, I was trained in, in electrical engineering, which is basically solving complex systems and complex problems that you can't touch or see. Why is the body any different from that? Mm. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to reverse engineer this. I'm going to find the people who have gotten their way out of this. If, if just such a small change can have such a big magnitude, then there's, there's got to be a lot more. And that kind of just, you know, with my anger and my pain and all my emotions and desire to, you know, be better, uh, just kind of let us all the way here. Yeah. Yeah. I had, uh, I can relate to that. Right. So basically as a, as a child, I had a, a dental you know, accident, which led to a ton of antibiotics. Um, and then I would get these re reoccurring infections and then more by antibiotics. And that happened up into my, in my twenties and thirties. And then I moved to Boston and I got one of these infections again. And of course I'm in a new city and I'm an RA to like 80 students and, <laughs> you know, and I've got an academic schedule to maintain. So I didn't know anybody and I had to fight a dentist. And so a dentist put me on antibiotics and I can't, you know, I can't save the tooth. And, you know, when that was all done, like I just lost all of my energy. Like I just had no energy. So that's, I was already interested in health at that point. And I had already experimented, you know, back in the day, I think with like uh, Jordan Rubin's primal defense and things like that. And which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, 
you know, and I just could not get back to where I was after that round of, um, after that round of antibiotics. So that's what really <laughs> set me on my path. And then I did a, an ill-advised detox, which made it all worse. And so I've, you know, I've been in rebuilding mode, you know, ever since, but my, my thing was the fatigue, you know, thrush, yeast, candida, um, eventually like reflux a couple of times that sent me to ER. Cause I was thinking <laughs> I was having a heart attack. No, that happens. That happens yeah. to, that happened to a girlfriend of mine back in the day, I, yeah. you know, it's real. Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah. I, I like, I wake up flat straight up out of bed, wide awake, you know, because the nerves are being, uh, you know, activated sort of in that upper chest and nine one one. here we go. It was fine. You know, you would get, get me in there and I would do the EKG and I was, I was fine. So, but I, I definitely can relate to, um, some of these, some of these gut challenges. So, Hey folks, a quick plug for uh, Stephen Wright and the folks over at healthygut.com. So do you suffer from gas, bloating, indigestion, acid reflux, abdominal pain? Well, I would highly suggest that you give Healthy Gut uh, a try, the Healthy Gut trifecta as as I call it. So I started with each of Stephen's products um, and they have been the most transformational gut supplements I have ever tried. And if you listen to the entirety of this podcast, I have tried a lot of things, right? Hands down the best. I have less abdominal pain, bloating, feel less full after a meal. I have greatly improved, improved blood sugar control, which was a real big surprise. Even my sleep has improved. Stools are well-formed, less stinky. Sorry for the details and eliminations overall are greatly improved. So visit healthygut.com and use the discount code THRIVE for $15 off and free shipping. Cool. Um, so just out of curiosity, I mean, gut challenges have become, I would say, almost epidemic. Like, you know, I, I'm an FDNP. I work with, with some clients as I have time. I have a bunch of friends that we share in past notes gut issues in, you know, I've worked with functional medicine doctors, you know, know them well, first name basis kind of thing. And gut issues have become endemic. Um, what's your take? Is it, is it environmental? Is it food supply? Is it EMF or is it all of the above? Like if you, if you have, a, have a sense there? I mean, you're probably not going to like my answer, but like when I went through the, so I, <clears throat> I trained with Kalish at Dr. Dan Kalish at the mm -hmm. Kalish Institute for Functional Medicine. And you know, he's a pretty senior guy, even back then, I think I trained in 2012 or 2013. And, you know, he'd already been in practice for 20, 30 years at that point. And then his mentors have been in practice for like 40 years. And to them, this wasn't new. This was what they've been seeing their entire careers. Mm. And so I think, I, I think the, the human mind, including mine, loves smoking guns. We love the new thing. It's, it's got to be that new thing. But I also think there's something around just awareness and acceptance. Like back in 2008, 2009, I had to join like Yahoo listservs and like weird, <laughs> creepy forums to try to find people who were eating gluten-free and who were, you know, using supplements. It was, you know, it was just a different time. And uh, I think the world was in a different place where talking about poop and farts and your, your chronic health conditions was more of a shameful thing. It was mm -hmm. not as accepted. And so, um, while I think stress is higher than it's ever been and our food supply is worse than it's ever been, uh, there's a lot of, you know, things. I do think actually we're reducing our antibiotic usage. I do think, you know, there are some things that are, that are trending in the, in the good direction. And I think probably one of the biggest things is just awareness that like, hey, 
just because you grew up in a family system where everybody like, you know, used a roll of toilet paper every time they went to the bathroom, that's actually not like normal. And that's actually not healthy. And I think there's a lot of us who grow up in these systems. It's kind of a gross thing. It's kind of shameful. And we just, we just don't ever really know just how bad we are because again, who wants to walk around saying like, Oh, I'm sick. I'm, I'm gross. I'm, you know, I, whatever I have issues. Nobody, nobody wants to self-identify like that usually. Um, and so I think a lot of us are really good at pushing through chronic pain and sucking it up. And just in the last five to 10 years, there's been a big explosion of acceptance that like, Hey, actually a lot of us are struggling. A lot mm-hmm. of us are suffering. Um, let's, you know, let's do something about that. Yeah. Understand. So you feel it's more of a, more of an awareness issue. Okay, cool. Well, let's, let's kind of start with each of your products. So you, you went through this journey, you've got these gut issues, you got on the specific carbohydrate diet, but there was still a gap. Describe the gap and then how that led to you creating healthy gut. Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, I think that diet and the food we eat is like so important for health. Um, so, you know, changing my diet from, from the standard American diet or some sort of athletic version, because I was very big into trying to be an athlete and a little bit into bodybuilding prior to that. Um, so I had tried various different types of low carbohydrate or low fat diets throughout, uh, throughout my teens and twenties already. Um, but making that transition and seeing the gas and bloating, like really start to disappear. I was still dealing with heartburn as well. I was still dealing with alternating constipation, diarrhea. And so there was a, there was still a lot of things I had a severe, not severe as in like, I would go to the hospital, but severe as in like any dairy at all would it like immediately I could feel everything just swell shut and I couldn't breathe through my nose. And Mm. so I, I became, um, empowered and at the same time unsatisfied and angry about the specific carbohydrate diet. I was like, this is amazing. And everyone needs to know about this. And this is super incomplete. And so because I had already tried a bunch of protein powders and creatine and L-glutamines and stuff from trying to gain weight and not get picked on in high school, it was already in my head. Like that's already like my, my sort of bent towards the world is like, I would like to optimize. I would like to get the result faster, better, safer. And so it was like a couple of weeks into that where I started like searching the internet. And for instance, I actually found um, Charles Poliquin was, Mm -hmm. had a lot of blog posts at the time. And he had probably the only article on the web at the time about betaine HCL and low stomach acid. He said that all of his Olympians, that he would start with all of his Olympian clients with their gut and with, uh, with BT and HCL and correcting their low stomach acid. So I was like, well, shoot, if gold medal Olympians have low stomach acid and I read a little bit more about it in some books and I got Dr. Jonathan Wright's book, I was like, I got to get this stuff. I got to start this BT and HCL challenge right away. And so I did. And it, it caused in, in like a, almost like a light switch just went on with like more energy, less bloating and better, uh, better bowel movements. And so Mm -hmm. then I was like, I'd already had this kind of like tick where I wanted things better. And I was willing to buy potions and pills and try them. But now like, I'm like two for two, right. I've made like two changes and I haven't really messed up. And I'm like, Holy cow, I'm evangelizing both of these things. So after that, it was just, I was buying everything. I was trying it all. And, um, you know, just kind of went, went on that, that sort of, uh, angle. And I think it all, 
it don't really make sense when you start to understand that, you know, you can have the best grass-fed beef, the best salmon, the best kale. I don't, I don't care. It could, you could have raised it by hand yourself. If your physiology cannot actually break it down and absorb it, then, you know, you didn't set up the conditions to actually be healthy from the beginning. And mm -hmm. so that's when I, once I started to really get some of these components of digestion and supplementation, I became just like totally fixated on trying to find the best protocols, the safest things and the most efficacious. Cause that's really what a, that's really what an engineer does, right? We're trying to always weigh how risky is it if I pull this, this thing out and put it back in, like, is that going to, you know, what's that really going to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So in my head, I'm always running calculations about how big is the result going to be and how big is the risk? Like, like if I take this pill from Russia, will I go to the hospital? You know, will I have lasting side effects? Oh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure we have some mutual good notes on biohacking experiments gone awry. I have definitely bumped my head and my shins. <laughs> Multiple no pills from Russia. I, <laughs> but I have definitely banged my head with uh, with some other stuff that didn't that didn't work out so well. So, all right. So so yeah. So the incomplete basically you had had some results. You want to take it to the next level. You tried betaine HCL, which I have tried you know, a couple of different brands and a lot of it over the, over the years. Um, so yeah, and it was, it was just a gradual process back then. Like, I mean, Candida was like known about, but there was no SIBO stuff back then. And so like, um, I think I'm, you mentioned either in your notes to me or, or sometimes that you had used Nystatin or Diflucan or something that really helped yeah. you. Like mm -hmm. I, yep. I did a round of that. It helped. Um, and it just turns out that I had parasites. I had, uh, you know, I had, I have a history of concussions. So I had, um, some HPA uh, dysregulation, some uh, estrogen dominance, um, you know, I had really low neurotransmitter function, um, some, some metal toxicity, I had really high cadmium, probably because I grew up, uh, most of my first jobs were in auto plants. Uh, and I was like, a, I started on the line and then I was a manager of, of, of you know, like UAW workers at General Motors. Um, and so I around all these heavy metal dust and all these solvents all day. And so I, you know, it's just kind of like one step after another of like, once you get out of the acute pain, which is why, which is why I get so passionate about recommendations and having great products, because when someone's in that break point, that emotional break point we talked about earlier, you want to get them out of that acute pain. And if you give them a couple wins, they might, you might change their entire life. Yeah. It might actually be willing to push through the rest of the trials and tribulations to figure out what it was. And that's what happened for me. And I had to go see this functional medicine doctor and this integrative doctor. And like, you know, they all had, you know, one believed in neurotransmitters and one believed in parasites and one believed in adrenals, you know, and slowly but surely the puzzle pieces, you know, started to, to lock in over, you know, it probably took me like five to six years. And sure. then of course I got to a place where SC lifestyle was doing really well. We were kind of getting the word out. I feel like we were really helping a lot of people talking about leaky gut. And I actually walked away um, because I was still having visceral hypersensitivity. I was burnt out. And I know, I mean, I have most everyone on speed dial at the time, like, Hey, you know, Chris Kresser, what do you think about this? Hey, Dan Kalish, what do you think about that? Like most everybody I could ask, they didn't have any more options. And so I, I kind of walked away. I was like, you know what, this, this science, this functional medicine stuff, these supplements, they're not all it. It's really not there. And, you know, just so happens, of course, then I 
you know, go unpack my emotional baggage and my trauma and my spiritual baggage. And lo and behold, you know, bing, bang, boom, like most of my pain goes away. All these random pains that I would have in my body and the random bloating occurrences are like relieved very quickly. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's the whole picture. You know, it's not just the diet. It's not just the supplement. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And that's been, you know, that's been so much of my discovery and, and, you know, my journey really opened my mind to this whole, I mean, spiritual healing, emotional healing, you know, neuromuscular healing. I mean, there are so many layers to the onion that you, you sometimes have to peel. So not to get too sidetracked, but that's such an interesting thing that you bring this up. So how did you unpack some of the the emotional, spiritual stuff in a few minutes or less. <laughs> the reader's uh, yeah. digest well, version. Because I mean, it's so important, right? You can yeah. you can take the you can take the best supplements, the best the best grass fed food. The, you know, I have learned that physics trumps chemistry, in in a sense, right? Yeah. And uh, you know how your body manages them. Like the body keeps the score. <laughs> Just it put does. it out there, you know, and if you don't unwind some of the areas where it's kept the score, emotional trauma and baggage, uh, it, it will affect your physics, which affects your biochemistry. So a hundred percent. When we had our consulting practice, when I saw people one-on-one -on -one for digestive issues, um, I failed with 10 to 15% of those people. And it still kind of haunts me a little bit, which is one of the reasons why I don't do it anymore because I'm just not, I don't have the constitution to serve people. But I now know that the majority of those people were probably dealing with trauma-based, emotional-based, spiritual-based issues that, that diet and supplements, the best things in the world could not, nope. they weren't going to break them through. Yeah. And so, um, and, and I had a similar thing. Like I, number one, start with therapy, like find a good therapist you resonate with and go every week. And then- you know, if you're not making progress, fire them and find someone else, find a new modality. But I, I'm a huge proponent, as long as you're seeing a therapist um, to dive right into either ketamine assisted psychotherapy or MDMA assisted psychotherapy, because mm -hmm. um, number one, you do get the chemistry breakthrough that you'll never get even after years and years of body talk workers therapy. and yeah. talk mm -hmm. therapy and family system therapy. And, um, you know, I, I've done a lot of it. Uh, before I tried any sort of psychedelic assisted therapies. But I tell you what, the very first um, uh, like lead, I'm not talking about like buying this stuff off the dark webs and doing this at, by yourself at home. I'm talking about doing this with people who can guide you and they know your constitution, they can dose you appropriately. Um, and when I did an MDMA assisted uh, therapy session, like literally it was, it, part of it was super awesome. Part of it was super not awesome. But like half of my pain was like gone overnight, like literally erased, just gone. Like whatever I was holding onto, all of these emotions uh, I was holding onto from being a child and being embarrassed or being ashamed or getting picked on, literally released in like five or six hours. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you, I mean, there's nothing that can touch that. I mean, you can't, because there is a chemistry component to it, right? Like there's yeah. a whole chemistry component to this around um, being able to accept yourself for who you are when you're in a crazy high serotonin state, like literally everything is love. And then you see the, the faults of yourself and you're like, Oh, that's okay too. Like you can't replicate that no matter how you try because the chemistry and the, the spiritual amazingness of it, the, the unseen is all happening at the same time. And, um, and I've seen 
you know, I've seen psilocybin, ketamine, LSD, all these things when dosed appropriately with an actual guide or therapist to, to be there with you, save suicides, save, save just amazing changes that, you know, talk therapy wasn't working, sub- supplements, like I, like I'm the one pulling up the supplement plans. Like I have a pharmacy in the house. I have more bottles of pills than I do books. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't get the person to a level of safety, but you know, ketamine can. Yeah. And the talk therapy that happens after a ketamine session can. And so I'm a, I'm a major proponent and it's, it's time for this to roll out. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I've, I've done a ton of reading about it. I've experimented a little bit with psilocybin, um, you know, uh, and I can see the promise and, and the potential of it, you know, and the biochemistry that it, you know, releases, like people can take MDMA and be in a counseling session with someone that they're really angry at. And then all of a sudden it allows you to kind of, you know, deescalate and talk to each other with compassion. And if you've got somebody there who can, you know, help you integrate it, it's, it's, I've heard, you know, just nothing but good things. So, um, all right. Awesome. So you, so you go through this experience and and it sounds like it, that allowed you to sort of reset your batteries. And so you reset your batteries, recharge, releases a bunch of stuff. And then you, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a a really powerful psilocybin journey kind of got rid of the rest of the, the stored trauma or emotions or whatever was in my gut. Um, and, uh, did some uh, somatic body experiencing that was also very helpful because like what you experience when you're on these substances is not everyday life and so you have to also integrate how do you be a human with your body and so those things combined really got me to a level of health I'd never seen and I I really wanted to do that I wanted to I wanted to help those these treatments get out in the world but um, everywhere I went, everyone wanted to talk to me about gut health still and, and supplements <laughs> and things. And then I had a, I had a powerful experience, uh, one day, I think while meditating and I realized like, wow, I've been, I've been using supplements since I was 13. Like I, like my first supplement experience was like me ordering creatine off the internet back in like 19, you know, 98 or 99 or whatever. And my mom was like, you just gave our credit card to a hacker and you're going to get cancer from this creatine. And she was pissed. And <laughs> so I've been attracted to supplements and I love reading the, the product data sheets since I've been 14. And it suddenly just dawned on me that like, we all, I've been searching for my mission and purpose much of my life. And I, I kind of just realized like, oh, maybe life kind of already chooses it for you. Mm. Like, you know, why are you, why are you, cause I resisted making a supplement company for many years. That, that is a, a great way to make a successful company, but I was like, the world doesn't need another successful company. We need people changing the world. And what am I going to offer? There's like a million supplement companies. And then, you know, kind of in 2019, it really came together where I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. Maybe I can offer a perspective that's never been done in the supplement world and, and move the world forward. And that, that was kind of the, the, time period where we pivoted the company and I started creating my own custom formulas that I'd been writing in journals about for years that no one had ever brought to market yet. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I've read your emails and uh, through your website and some of the FAQs and it's, it's always amazing to me sometimes what gets published, right. And what companies talk about isn't exactly the dose that they, <laughs> their formula that they, that they create. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into that, right? But as an engineer, and when I was a practitioner, 
my, I'm just like neurotic about it. Like I have to eliminate all the variables that might be contributing to someone not seeing a result on a specific protocol. And so what I learned as a practitioner was that like brands matter and the ingredient in that brand and the dosage of that ingredient are the difference between curcumin relieving your knee pain and curcumin not relieving your knee pain. They are the difference between no diarrhea and diarrhea on the same digestive enzyme or whatever it might be. And they're the difference between having, you know, histamine issues and not having histamine issues from like, say a quercetin protocol or something like that. And that, you know, that always stuck with me. And so I guess, I feel like that's, that's one of the promises of our, our brand is that like, I do a, a ridiculous amount of due diligence to make sure that we are creating a pill, like one pill that will work in and of itself. It's not sort of diluted down due to cost reasons. It's not diluted down because it's how there's only one source in the whole world and they want, you know, it takes forever to get it here um, or diluted down because, you know, the other thing is that sometimes companies don't put the full dosage or the right uh, strength into a pill because people can harm themselves, right? Like you mm. can, like you can harm yourself with BTNHCL. You could take too much of that. You could, um, you know, there's other products out there that, that not really from our company yet, but that you could hurt yourself. And so people will, make a practitioner grade or a practitioner brand and then dilute it down for the public saying, well, we can't really trust them. It should only be used with a healthcare provider sort of dosing it. And I understand that perspective, but I do feel like it's 2021. And if we don't start acting like we're adults, then we're never going to get there. And so I think that's the other thing with healthy gut is that I am putting out really high potent products knowing that we have to deliver with our health coaching and our customer service to support it when it doesn't work, because there, there will be those, you know, statistically, statistically speaking, it will happen. Yeah. And there's always going to be people for whom they need, they need, you know, help or optimization or it just doesn't work. Yeah. And nothing hundred percent works for everybody. Well, let's dive in then. So, um, you have three products, right? A digestive enzyme, butyrate, we'll get into what butyrate is. I, I'm new to butyrate in the past year or so. Um, but TNHCL is, is, you know, I've been familiar with for, for quite some time. So let's dive in on the digestive enzymes. And, and I'll just say, I have tried a ton of digestive enzymes, dozens of probiotics, spore-based probiotics, butyrate last September, prebiotic fibers, elemental diet, goat milk cleanses, mono diets, oxy powder, <laughs> antiparasitic protocols, um, thystatin, as we mentioned earlier, right? Binders, glutamine, interrogam, mucosal repair products. I, <laughs> I've tried it all. And, you know, I started on your uh, digestive enzymes here, um, I think uh, in early August. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll relate it this way. My wife and I went to Iceland back in 2016 and we got to the hotel and we drank some water and we were like, oh, this is what water tastes like. And, <laughs> uh, and, and, I, and I think I had the same experience. So let's, let's dive in on the, on the, on the digestive enzymes. First, what makes these next level? Well, I, I love that that's your experience. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you bet. Um, so what makes them special is that they have, they're backed by a patent patented activation system. So this is what I learned. Like, again, I, I don't want to really like make a lot of me too products. Uh, you know, it, you know, at our company, we'll probably expand our product line at some point, but I wanted to solve problems. And, and I had a similar experience as you. And I, I think most everybody in the industry was struggling with it where, 
you never really knew which digestive, you could pay $90 a bottle and still not really get much from it. And so I was just, I was like convinced that it was the problem I told you about, that it was companies not willing to put enough of the dosage in a bottle. Like if I just was willing to pay twice as much as the, as the builder that I can make the enzyme work. But when I got into the enzyme field, I found out that it was much more complicated than that. And that was not the truth. Actually, there was a biochemical like truth that no one was talking about because I don't know, it's inconvenient. They forgot about it. I don't, I don't really know. And it all happened because I, you know, I was out there, I tried like 30 different brands of enzymes. I was, I was, you know, getting all kinds of formulas mocked up. And I ran into uh, just graciously a, a PhD researcher who was like, oh no, I have the best enzyme in the world. In fact, I have a patent on this, this activation thing. And this is why. And like, whenever you talk to these people, they always go, I have the best in the world. And so I've just learned to go, <laughs> okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. Send me an invoice. I'll buy some and try it. And like, let me, let me do my chip and wine test. And if it works, then, then you have a great that's a great. Chip and wine is a great way to test something. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> or Doritos so, and beer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, you know, like whatever your, your food you wish you could eat without digestive issues. For me, that's usually some tortilla chips and some, and some red wine. Um, but I tried it and lo and behold, like I didn't have uh, digestive issues the next day. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he was like, oh yeah, you know, you told me that you had uh, foot pain. I was dealing with high uric acid and gout-like symptoms. He's like, really? we have a study on that and it'll take away that, that pain. And I was like, come on, man. So I did the systemic dosing and the digestive dosing. And like, it was exactly like you said, I was like, wow, this is working. Like, this is what I read about this whole time. And so what it boils down to is that in, in a, in an animal, whether that's a human animal or a cow or a pig, when an enzyme is produced by that animal, it is produced in like a, a, what's called a whole enzyme, W-H-O-L-E enzyme, where it has the enzyme plus a mineral cofactor that, that basically turns it on and delivers electro, electrons into it to allow it to do its work. So a pancreatin product is already a whole enzyme, but anything else, any other veggie-based enzyme, vegetarian-based enzyme is what's called an APO enzyme, A-P-O. And A-P-O means without. So it's a enzyme without the cofactor. And what he did was, you know, just he's the crazy genius who spent hours in the lab dropping different types of magnesium in a petri dish, trying to figure out what would turn on, you know, what would turn on amylase, what would turn on protease, and then he put that together in a patent and and basically brought that to market. Unfortunately, he wasn't very good at marketing, and so he didn't really get it out there. And so, you know, I was able to partner with him, and his formula was kind of back from the early 2000s. So I wanted to to amp it up and add a lot of the newer enzymes uh, that are from, you know, the current day for digestion. And so that's kind of how we got to the whole enzyme. And it, and it really comes, yeah, the enzymes matter. Like we have a dual strain enzymes. Um, so that means we cover the full pH window. Um, but that activation, that mineral cofactor, plus that, that range, I think is really the secret sauce. Mm. Outstanding. And how does that secret sauce and those cofactors help with some of the common, you know, digestive things that people experience. And one of them would be gluten intolerance, right? So do you have the gluten specific enzyme in there? And if not, why, and how does it address sort of, you know, gluten sensitivity? Yeah, we, we don't have a quote unquote gluten specific enzyme. We have a ton of protease, which will begin to break down 
the the gluten molecules at a different a, a bunch of different sections okay. but in general they're non-specific so they're not a specific uh gluten or gliadin uh enzyme um i'm trying to remember the uh the more common one is uh dp dtp yeah dppiv so yep. it's dppiv is the most long-standing one um, I looked into adding that. Unfortunately, the data on it's really sad. Uh, like when you actually dig into the research studies, you pull all the papers and you look at actually what it's doing. Like it was only like helping like 20 to 30%, it seemed like to my eyes. Mm. And so the cost was really high for a really low efficacy. So as an engineer, I can't accept those odds. Um, there's some newer ones like telomerase G, which show a lot of potential, um, but they're, they're very expensive and you, most... Uh, gluten degrading products right now, you'll almost basically just see mostly that enzyme because, uh, or, or a suite of gladin or gluten digesting enzymes because the, the raw ingredients are just so costly. So um, people who use our enzyme don't typically try to just conquer, you know, gluten issues. They're typically looking at it from a more holistic standpoint around bloating, gas, other food sensitivities. I mean, we do have a range of stuff in there. If you're having fat digestion issues or uh, you know, milk, uh, milk related issues around lactose or casein or something like that. Um, but no, no specific, uh, gluten component. Oh, okay. But you're, you, you're using the, 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 the pepsin to break down the gluten as best you can. And that's sufficient. You basically found it. I mean, I, I can't say that we have never studied that. I've never even tried to attempt it in the lab or anything like that with the scientists. Um, but, I can say that I, you know, I cheat more while using Holzheim and yeah. I don't really suffer the consequences I used to. So uh, is that a function of me being in better health? Is that a function of, of the Holzheim's working? I, I'm really not sure. Um, and that's know, fair. I, and, I, and I appreciate your honesty. I mean, I was on vacation when I started your close, uh, shortly after I started your products and I, I definitely, and then I don't like to eat gluten, you know, generally speaking, but when you're, when you're traveling, it's hard to avoid. Um, and I definitely did better than I typically did. So, and I've tried a lot of the DTP, DIV. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what you what you're saying is is what a lot of people report to us in our in mm -hmm. our customer feedback is that number one, they didn't think it would work because they tried ten or twelve other products that were digestive enzymes, and just the the word on the street is they just they're supposed to be used, but they don't really do much. And Holozymes does. But then the other thing is that they find themselves expanding their diet much quicker than they thought. And they, you know, they're going through their regular life and certain things that they just accepted as truths, like my knees hurt, or I can't, every time I eat gluten, I have a, I have a rash, or every time I get stressed out, I have a, you know, pain or a rash. Like these, these weird symptoms kind of start to dissipate. They may not go away completely. And it's not like quote unquote curing anything, but it's doing, it's doing enough that people report back these, you know, interesting stories around um, things that would indicate a higher level of healing. Yeah. Awesome. That, that makes sense. Okay. So you've got a great, um, great quality enzymes with the appropriate cofactor in a higher amount. How does that help with SIBO, gas, bloating, FODMAP sensitivities? So, um, it's so much sexier to focus on like killing things or like avoiding things or things like that. But the truth is, is the best way to create behavior change is to create your environment or change your environment. 
like the, the best way to go to the gym is put your gym clothes and your shoes right next to your bed. So when you wake up in the morning, you trip and fall on them. Like the best, that is the best way. Or hire a trainer who's like there at 6 a.m. Like, get out of bed, let's go. So to create behavior change, the best way to do it is to change your environment. And what Holozymes is doing for things like SIBO and FODMAPs and things like that, number one, you're going to be breaking down your food and absorbing more nutrients. So your, your actual nutrient status in your body is going up. So if you had deficiencies in certain areas, you're now having an abundance. So this should theoretically allow your immune system, your self-defenses to work better. Now, beyond that, you're, you're breaking up the, um, the actual molecule structures, right? They're like, you know, proteins are these balls and uh, stomach acid, we can talk more about in a minute, actually helps the balls unfold. Then the enzymes come in and they chop it all up. And if those, the length of the, of the molecules is not the right size, you can't absorb it and or you, you start to feed bugs with it because it's around yeah. in your body too yeah. long. And so you actually feed the CIFO, the SIBO, the candia, the whatever you think it is or whatever it actually is. Um, so you set up the environment for these overgrowths. You set up the environment for more inflammation. And how holozymes helps with that is it basically takes away a lot of that uh, feed for the ecosystem, for the, for, the, for the things you don't want inside of you. Mm. That, that makes a lot of sense. I think I, I heard you say in one of the other podcasts is that it does really, you know, shift the environment. So there isn't anything for the candida or the parasites to, to feed on, right? Um, thereby, you know, reducing symptoms and hopefully, you know, just letting the body let these things go, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of like, you know, I love most all, all products and, and, you know, I do take some probiotics and prebiotics and fibers and I, I'm always mixing and matching and playing. Um, but what I really realized is that when you set up the right conditions for your body, it's much easier to get rid of these recurrent infections. Like if you, like, you know, you can try to kill them, but if you just starve them out and kill them at the same time and your body's getting healthier, so its own immune system can help you kill them, that's when you win. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, it's a team effort. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't agree more. I mean, part of my, my passion is to help people find radical transformation in 90 days or less. That's really just a big, hairy, audacious goal, whether it's they've got mold or Lyme or SIBO or CFO or whatever it is for them to figure out, you know, what works. And so this makes a lot of sense to me because one thing I've learned, you know, in my own experience and working with people is you've, you've got to shift the environment. And so breaking down the food and making it so there's less for the unwanted things that cause SIBO and gas and bloating and FODMAP sensitivities go away. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. I mean, people, again, it's not the sexy story. It's not like this new molecule no one's ever heard of. It's like when you just do the fundamentals correctly uh, and you set up the right environment for healing, it's, it's kind of miraculous what happens. Yeah. And I think this is a great thing for people like, you know, I, I've taken a ton of supplements in my life. And, and now, now that I've been through this journey and, you know, using products, I know how to look for a next level product, right? Because it really shifts things, right? And when you're taking 15 things and things aren't shifting, you're not fixing the environment. <laughs> and you're probably not addressing the problem. You're probably trying to fix it too far downstream, right? And what you've done, I think here is you've moved it upstream. You're getting rid of, you know, some of these digestive byproducts that are feeding the bad bacteria. You just solved it up here. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, anything else to share on the digestive enzymes, uh, ingredients, the cofactors, how it works? What about how, how to take it? Like, um, 
Do sure. people take it with the, how many with each meal? Where do you start? Yeah. So, so enzymes are really miraculous compounds. Like they, they, I hope to with enough podcasts and enough outreach, hopefully I can elevate enzymes to their proper status in the world of supplements, which I believe is like anti-aging, like very awesome, awesome stuff. So uh, in cancer, uh, in cancer studies, they used up to 160 capsules a day on an empty stomach. So enzymes tolerance, like the, the, um, the safety studies in humans are massive. And a lot of people are running around taking like one capsule, two capsules. Cause like, I don't know, I don't want to take too many capsules. Um, the truth about enzymes are that some of us fall on the long tail of the bell curve of statistical like overlay for who needs enzymes. And some of us need six or eight capsules. And it doesn't matter if it's holozymes or whatever brand you have at home, start experimenting today. Like that's, that's another thing I'm big on is like giving like, there's no reason why you have to use my product. I bet my product works better than your product, but you've already spent the money. It's already in the house. Start doubling the dosage today and start trying it on an empty stomach and see if it helps anything else. So um, using enzymes systemically, I think is big. Uh, with holozymes, just start with two per meal. Um, some people only need one. Some people need two. I would say the average is somewhere around three to four for, for somebody who's pretty banged up. And you got to like also remember that my the majority of our customers are, are, are working with some really intense stuff. So like big time mold issues, big time histamine issues, like down to 10 foods or five foods. Um, they've been on, you know, they've already seen 10 functional medicine practitioners. Yeah. Like we're, I'm not serving a biohacker community at the moment. It's not that the products wouldn't work great for the average human. They do. Um, it's just that it, were I special to specialize, at least at the moment, is in the really sensitive populations who are digging themselves out of a pretty intense chronic health hole. And for them, they're going to need more support for, for a while because their, their GI tract has been so just messed up over time. And so um, usually I just start at two. And like, if the bloating's still there, I just keep telling people just up it every three days, up it every three days. Most people, I don't, I don't think I've ever even heard of anybody taking more than eight at a meal, but these are people who have never had a solid bowel movement in their entire life. So um, so it's a kind of a different, a different type of uh, animal that they're trying to solve for. Yeah. The majority of us, like I take like four per meal and four. Yeah, no, that's where I'm at. I'm taking four per meal. Um, you know, and I may try a little bit more. So let's talk a little bit about systemic, right? So first thing in the morning before bed, how much? Yeah, you can take systemic enzymes. So, so digestive enzymes, people get this confused. And I did for so long too. Um, digestive enzymes just may means taking an enzyme with food, with food. Yep. systemic just means taking it without food. Um, most systemic enzymes and all, not all the studies, but the majority of the studies are on a protease, a type of protein degrading enzyme. Now you've probably heard of bromelines and, um, the, the, uh, similar or the, uh, uh, pepsidases, not the pepsidases, uh, and serapepsidases. Uh, yes. Some of these yes. Like, I, yep. Uh, that rings a bell. Yeah, so you've probably heard of some of these like more exotic uh, systemic enzymes, but the truth is, is regular activated proteases are really powerful as well. And so if you have capsules at home, you can take them on an empty stomach. You can take them in the morning. You can take them at night. I just, I normally do it at night unless uh, I forget or I wake up and I'm feeling off or I, like I, I tend to still do a lot of dumb stuff, like go out in the woods and carry big heavy loads and try to hunt elk and things like that and like get get banged up and so i tend to accumulate injuries 
or, you know, so I, I'll take them for that kind of thing as well. Um, you don't, you don't need to wait before bed or in the morning. It's just like two hours away from a meal. You really want your stomach to be, you know, mostly past two hours away is the key. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, what do they do? I mean, again, this is where I hope enzymes get elevated at some point, but the research shows that they help modulate the immune system. They help, uh, like basically help the macrophages, the white blood cells, they help them work better. They help lower inflammation levels. Um, they help, uh, basically destroy these things called circulating immune complexes, CICs, which are often elevated in most chronic conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, things like that. So they actually like break those CICs up. Um, and they also prevent the formation of them slightly. Uh, they help with blood flow. They help break up fibrin deposits. So, so um, like the gelatinous stuff can get a little too out of control in some cardiovascular issues. So, uh, or as we age, so they, they just do a lot of systemic stuff that is really cool. It's usually related to better immune function, less pain, more like athletic range of motion or able to recover faster, um, those types of things. And then anything related to like uncontrolled inflammation, like if you're a, your inflammation, you know, everybody has a weak link. Everyone's got a family history. So yours might be eczema, you know, mine's probably strokes in my family. And so you know, hopefully they'll help me with my blood flow such that as I get older, you know, I can help avoid, you know, the, the things that lead up to that. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. Are there any downsides to taking enzymes like before bed? Like, does it affect sleep at all? No, no, I've never, I, I've never heard that one. I haven't, no. we haven't gotten customer feedback about that one. Um, if you have gastritis, um, so if you're your mucus lining is thinned out such that you have like almost exposed um, inflammation of the, either the stomach or the upper intestinal tract. Uh, enzymes will typically cause pain. Um, so don't, you know, whether it's our brand or any other brand, don't, don't take things that cause pain. Um, you know, go, go work with your provider to heal that mucus lining uh, such that, that you can take them. So you shouldn't really notice them. They shouldn't really do much when you take them on an empty stomach. If they do, that's an indication there's a deeper issue going on. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I've been taking them first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, sometimes in between meals on an empty stomach. Um, and I look forward to experimenting at night as well, just to see how that goes. So cool. Anything else? What about Lyme, mold, parasites? Um, any, any benefit there? Um, I mean, again, they're, they're all sort of like ancillary, like setting up the conditions to be healthy. Yep. There's not really like, um, you know, if you're a super, super sensitive person who may be like your, your tolerance for things are, are, are really low. Your bathtub's very full of mold or toxins. You start really slow. You can open the capsule, you know, just, just start really slow. Some people can have a Herxheimer reaction, uh, as they start to, you know, have better digestion and reduce their inflammation. So, um, you know, not, it's not one, one dose for all it's, it's based on where you are and what your goals are. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's shift gears to try buterin X. So my, my story with pro or butyrates in general is a coach I was working with a little over a year ago. I had recommended, um, you know, a competing product and I literally started on it, um, the day I left for a vacation to go to Maine last September and I was pretty impressed, you know, I just seemed like my energy was better, things improved and I've taken it for a better part of the year, but then the benefits started to, 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 to plateau. So I was really excited to learn, you know, about your product. Um, 
And so maybe we should start with what is butyrate? And I'm sure you've done this like a 10,000 times, but what is butyrate and why it can be so helpful for those dealing with gut challenges? Yeah, so, so butyrate is a, it, most people are familiar with, um, with medium chains triglycerides now. Like uh, Dave Asprey has done the world a, a lot of good and taught everybody about MCTs. Yep. Uh, butyrate falls into short chain fatty acids. So um, it's SFCAs. So these are uh, fatty acids that are made by your microbiome when they ferment fibers or, and, and prebiotics. So undigested, you know, carbohydrate complexes of some type. And so butyrate is one of, you know, there's three main ones um, and there's a few smaller ones. Uh, I think we're still even kind of uncovering some, but butyrate has been studied for over 30 years. And it's like the main driver of health in the, the colon. Um, it has a bunch of systemic effects, essentially every chronic disease when it's tested, do they have low butyrate levels? The answer is pretty much always yes. doesn't matter if you're it doesn't matter what it is. If an autoimmune condition, if it's depression, if it's obesity, if it's, uh, if it's constipation, diarrhea, it's like a universal thing. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like magnesium, like butyrate is so important systemically, as well as to your colon and your microbiome that, uh, without it, without enough of it, um, you're, you're just going to be suffering and whatever your issue is, is going to be worse. So, um, so the best way to think about it, some people call it a postbiotic, um, but the best way to think about it is, you eat it, you eat your vegetables, you eat your broccolis, you take your prebiotics and the bacteria, the good bacteria in your body, eat that and then poop out butyrate. And you need that butyrate for your colon cells. And then you absorb a small portion, like 5% of it into the rest of your body. Yeah. I, I love that notion of the post, the postbiotic, right? Like your probiotics are supposed in ideal scenario, supposed to take those digestive, or those fibers, those uh, vegetable fibers, break it down and creates butyrate. And I know in my case, cause I've had lab tests on my butyrate or my short chain fatty acids were, were, were always low. Yeah. So, and then it has all kinds of systemic effects, which I want to touch on. So what's, what's in tributyrin that makes it different? Yeah. So there's, so like I said, butyrates have been tested for in humans and in animals for a really long time. Um, the first generation of butyrate products were sodium butyrate. So butyrate bonded with salts. Butyrate again is a fatty acid. It smells terrible. It smells like the worst vomit you've ever smelled. Um, and, and it's very volatile. And so in order to, to make it into a, an orally digestible compound or even something that was stable enough to get it into humans, they had to, originally they bound it with salts. And so sodium butyrate was like the it's probably the most studied form of butyrate out there and the most common form. Um, it's only been in the last like three to four years in which the scientists around the world have unlocked different ways to use tributyrin, which is a, a fat-backed or a glycerin-backed molecule of butyrate. And so it's a pharmacokinetically superior form, uh, tributyrin is, than, than just straight uh, sodium butyrate um, because it's actually time-released in and of itself. So it's a a glycerol backed with three molecules of butyrate. And in order to unlock that, you need some lipase function. And so just, just by itself, it, it's, it, it takes longer to be absorbed and broken down through the digestive tract, which is what we want because we want a slow release of butyrate all the way through the digestive tract and hopefully getting it down into the colon if possible. Um, and so unfortunately salts cross the membranes really quickly um, just based on how we absorb salts. 
And so the, the different calcium, magnesiums, and sodiums just get absorbed super quickly in the, uh, the upper gastrointestinal tract. And so tributyrin, because of its, uh, basically just because of its pharmacokinetics, they call it a prodrug. And it's, it's just, uh, typically it's uh, more slowly absorbed, but more of it also gets into the actual blood when they measure blood uh, markers. Mm. Um, and then also I like the safety data because, um, you know, again, unfortunately cancer patients end up being sort of like the, the mice of humans. And there was a, there's a study done where they did over 42,000 milligrams of oral tributyrin per day for, for months for some, some cancer patients back in the, I think it was the early nineties. Um, and they had some side effects like upset tummies and things like that. Some weird blood sugar things, but like, that would be like guzzling the whole bottle at one setting. Um, and so the, the pharmacokinetics of that are amazing compared to, uh, you know, the, the amount of sodium that you would get from a, from a sodium butyrate molecule and the potential, like, what is all that sodium doing to the gut, gut wall and to, into the gut bacteria and all those things. So that's what makes Triburin special. The thing about Triburin X is that, uh, how did we, how did the scientists solve the things? Well, they, they wrapped Triburin in fat packets. They made it liposomal that, that makes it less volatile and less stinky. They, they powdered it and spray dried it and then wrapped it with like charcoal and some other things to like stabilize it. Um, and then for us, we found a patent pending capsule that locks it all in and it's actually enteric. Um, so most capsules are like your iPhone five or something. Like if you drop it in the water, you better get it out right away and you better get it in some rice. Cause it's probably done. That's, that's kind of like, you know, that's water resistant. Um, and then the iPhone, like, I don't know what it was, 10 or 11 came out and it was now more waterproof. You could like, let it, you know, stick, you know, it could come out in the pool and you'd, you'd be just fine. Well, that's kind of the difference between acid resistant capsules and enteric capsules. And so prior to this, everybody else had been trying acid resistant and we found a enteric based capsule. And so between the capsule and the 99% purity, um, that's kind of what makes, that's the secret sauce of, of Tributorin X. That's, that's awesome. Um, what is the relationship between gut biosis or gut dysbiosis um, and oxygen levels? Yeah, so this is a fascinating um, hypothesis, and I think it's going to probably prove out to be really, really true in the coming years. And it's basically that um, if you've heard of anaerobic bacteria, like that's what you want. You want anaerobes. If you've ever heard that, what that means is anaerobe basically means without oxygen. So these are bacteria that thrive without oxygen. And again, if we go back to the, the central thesis that I'm trying to get out there, which is set up the conditions for the right environment. You want an environment that's conducive to a lot of anaerobes because the aerobic bacteria are typically the more harmful bacteria. Some of them are, are much more aggressive and anaerobes are more of these, uh, they, they want a lower oxygen content and they, they grow better when the oxygen content in your gut is lower. And so the cool thing about what happens in the colon in the upper, like the upper large intestine area where most of your microbiome is, is that the colon sites take up butyrate and they suck oxygen out with the butyrate in order to metabolize it and make energy. So when they're metabolizing using butyrate, they are actually sucking oxygen out of the colon in order to perform that chemical reaction. That creates a low, envir a low oxygen environment in the colon that is conducive to say a very diverse and a very robust microbiome that we all want. 
So without the butyrate, the oxygen levels tend to creep up. And so the theory is, and I mean, it's, there's a couple studies on it, but it's not quite, you know, like fully figured out yet. But the theory is essentially when we have antibiotics or when we have these big disruptions to the microbiome, you're killing off enough of the bugs that there's, there's, there's not enough butyrate. And then that therefore turns off that oxygen sucking mechanism and metabolism. Mm. And then basically the oxygen content slowly creeps up. Um, and now we try to take probiotics and we try to take prebiotics and we're like, why is the microbiome not changing? Well, you can shift it around and you can help it for sure. If you get the right dosage from the right brand, things like that. But if you don't get the butyrate levels back, if you don't get the butyrate producers back working, you're never going to get that oxygen back out of there. Yeah. And this is really, really, really fascinating, right? So for the listener, you can have a negative feedback loop, right? And unless you break that negative feedback loop, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have the same problem, right? You're not going to have the right environment to fix what you're trying to fix with the prebiotics and the probiotics and the digestive enzymes, right? They can all help, which has been, you know, my, my experience, right? So basically the butyrate is helping change the environment. So what, what about, um, you know, how, does it help reestablish a healthy microbiome? I guess that's the next obvious follow-on question. Yeah. So research shows that it helps increase the diversity of the microbiome. Um, there's not been like specific studies on our product yet. Um, hope to do that in the coming years. Uh, but yeah, butyrate uh, tends to increase the diversity and the sort of like the amount of the microbiome. Um, the important thing about butyrate as well, especially supplemental sodium or tributyrin butyrates, is that it's working at layers that normally we don't see, meaning um, leaky gut is actually not just broken, uh, broken tight junctions. Uh, tight junctions are the rubber bands that basically keep your, your gut wall together. Um, it's actually a failure of multiple systems at the same time is what we now know. And that means that you've, you've degraded your mucus linings and you've kind of lost your defensins. And so um, when you lose microbiome diversity, you lose tight junction expression, you lose mucosal thickness, and then you stop to be able to protect yourself with these sort of defense chemicals that the gut cells release to help them, um, that's leaky gut. And so mm -hmm. why is it that these powders of these big you know, GI revives and all these powders sometimes work and sometimes don't? You know, and why do we have to take so many scoops for so long? Well, probably because they might not have the right amount of each, like healing each one of those layers, right? Because you need something like L-glutamine is wonderful. It's a wonderful product. I still take it from time to time, um, but it's really good at, at, at helping the cells themselves be healthier and helping the tight junctions get better. But I don't believe L-glutamine does anything for microbiome diversity or thickness or mucus production or gut defenses. And that's, so, and that's, that's where the butyrate comes in. Right. Yeah. And so butyrate actually does all four. And so that's the cool thing about using butyrates. And that's where I think whether it's our product or other products, if you don't give them a shot, you know, please really give them a shot. Like they, they are, I don't know if they'll ever be as big as probiotics are now, but, but they should be. Yeah. And I, I looking back a year, like, I think, you know, when I started taking another brand of butyrate, like that, that was a shift for me, pretty material. It, it plateaued, right. And I think your products have taken it to another level. Um, but it's, it's really important. So let's talk about systemic effects and then we're going to get to, uh, betaine HCL and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, 
So what are some of the other, so we're, we're fixing the leaky gut, right? We're healing the tight junctions. We're healing the mucosal layer. What about the, the brain? Because like, leaky gut and leaky brain go together. So what are some of the other systemic effects? Yeah, so right now there's ongoing clinical trials for all types of degenerative brain diseases and butyrates, and the data is not out yet. Um, but what we do know is typically in Alzheimer's dementia, those types of diseases, uh, you have lowered butyrate levels. And so the, the theory is, is that uh, the, the butyrate is going to get transported up the vagal pathway into, into the brain. Because as you said, um, you know, what happens in the gut happens in the brain. We actually, we actually have studies that show that the minute you get a concussion, a brain injury, you get a leaky brain, those same chemicals cause a leaky gut immediately. So if, if, if it goes both ways, then the, the belief and the theory is, and the hope is in the future for, for all of us who are trying to be healthy and stay healthy, is that um, the systemic effects of, of, of butyrates are going to be able to improve the blood-brain barrier and improve something up there. It's probably related to reducing neuroinflammation around your microglia cells and your neutrophils. So there, there's these various, um, you know, and I'm not even an expert on, on brains yet, but someday, uh, but there's a, a lot of like basically inflammation that can happen up in the brain. And the hope is that, you know, butyrates are going to help there. Um, we do know from mice studies that uh, butyrate triggers uh, regulation of Treg cells. So when you have um, immune systems that are like going AWOL, like autoimmune issues, skin issues, things like that, um, you need the T regulatory cells to basically balance out the activity that's happening. And butyrate does stimulate T reg cells. Um, we also know that from, uh, from human studies, we know that uh, osteoporosis happens and butyrate loss happens all at the same time. In mice studies, when you give butyrate, their, they, they, their loss of bone slows and they begin to make parathyroid hormone which helps regenerate bone in, in mice. And so there's you know, studies underway around uh, bone health um, and, and butyrates. Um, there's, yeah, the immune, the immune benefits. Uh, there's actually some really cool data on asthma and airway, uh, lungs and airway inflammation and butyrates. Um, so again, it's like, it's a very systemic compound that uh, seems to have a, a, a really beneficial effect no matter where your, your weak link is. Yeah, that's interesting. And just one follow-on question, and then we'll shift to Patine. Um, so you mentioned the vagal pathway. Is there any anecdotal data, data around it helping improve heart rate variability? Because there's so much connection between the gut and the brain, and then the brain regulates the HPA axis, and then, of course, the vagal tone you know, modulates the whole thing. So um, any have you seen any anecdotal data there? I, I haven't seen um, – I haven't – I haven't heard anybody in our customer customer group, you know, we have like thousands of customers in there and no one's actually reported that. Um, we do often get feedback that it improves sleep. Yeah. So uh, it could be, their HRV could be going up as well. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, there's actually people who use Tribunal X as their sleep supplement. Um, it's so beneficial. Yeah. So, so let me just give you some real-time anecdotal data, right? So I've been tracking my sleep with the Aura Ring since it came out in 2016. I was one of the Kickstarter backers back in the day. And, um, you know, so I check my sleep every morning religiously. And I try to write it just like a whole other stat. It's a whole other like podcast even. Uh, but, you know, I think since I've been on your product, I've noticed improvements in my sleep and my, my heart rate variability. Interesting. That's yeah. super cool. 
Yeah. So we'll definitely have to keep comparing notes on that uh, um, going forward. So. Yeah, I would love it. I mean, it's definitely in mice. There was a moth study where uh, butyrate increased non-REM sleep. So like basically like deep, deep sleep. And um, like I said, there's, uh, there's a plenty of people who like, I don't say like 20% maybe of people who take uh, tributyrin X uh, with dinner or uh, before bed for, for the sleep effects. And if they take it early in the morning, they get kind of drowsy. And so it's clearly impacting the brain. Uh, the question is what and how. So you could theoretically take this before bed. Oh yeah, we have people. I mean, like one of uh, one of our, yeah, one of our our team members, uh, their their wife is like, you know, was like, oh, you you know, like let me try some of these. She doesn't have any like health issues, and but they have like three young kids, and uh, like, no, she, you know, she <laughs> she takes tributyrin next before bed, and she's like, this thing is a miracle. I've never had a sleep supplement like this before. All so, right. I mean, there's you know. It, it's obviously individually, it doesn't necessarily do that for me. Yeah. I wish it did, but, um, but it definitely, it definitely improved my, my sleep scores as well. I have my aura ring on as well. And, uh, it improved my deep sleep. I, I've yeah. been, I, I mean, it's a whole podcast about the laundry list of like 50 things I've tried, uh, to yeah. increase from 20 minutes of deep sleep to, uh, you know, 40 to 60 minutes. And now even on a junk night of sleep, I I'm at like, you know, 50 minutes of deep sleep, which is mind blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm same thing, same thing. I'm how do I get from 20 minutes or 15 minutes to an hour, right? <laughs> so, and I'm get I'm getting there. So, awesome. Um, so so the betaine HCL. All right, so this has been around a while now. It's kind of become standard fare. At least at least I've been aware of it. Maybe I'm overblowing a little bit. Why can't I just go to the supplement store and just get the over the counter, you know, betaine HCL with a little bit of Pepsi? What's what's different about what you guys are doing here? Oh, you should, you should start there. I mean, like you don't have to buy our brand. It's like, yeah. go get, go get betaine. If you haven't tried betaine HDL and pepsin, um, you have definitely do it with pepsin and we can talk about why, but, but basically like pepsin is like the most important protein enzyme. And it's, it's potentially not released if you have low stomach acid. So you want the two together, but it, it doesn't, I mean, I used various types of other betaine HDL and pepsins for like eight years and they were transformative. Mm. So HCL replacement and HPL supplementation, I think is something everyone who's trying to be optimally healthy should test at some point. Our product is an innovation upon that, which is, um, I, I don't know what it is about my personality, but like when I learn a, a fact, like there's a fact that you have intrinsic factor that's released in your stomach along with pepsin and along with the acid, the intrinsic factor binds to B12 and it basically is like a bouncer. It like covers it all up. It gets it all the way down to the small intestine and then lets it out so that it can be absorbed into the body. And so it always just bugged me. Like why, if we're admitting that you don't have enough acid and you probably don't have enough pepsin, I mean, are you, are we, we have enough intrinsic factor? Why is it that you find that, um, that you have potentially anemia with low stomach acid, um, B12 loss. We know that you have B12 loss, B vitamin loss, folate loss, um, typically all these things related to the bees are associated with low stomach acid. It's in the papers, it's in the books, like, but why didn't anybody put intrinsic factor in there? That drove me nuts for like literally eight years. And so when I had the opportunity, I was like, let's, let's handle this. Well, the reason why is there's like two makers in the whole world. And it's, you know, we fly ours in from Argentina and, um, it, it can be quite the pain to get it. And it's kind of expensive. So now I understand why most people aren't doing it. Um, so that's what's different about ours is the addition of intrinsic factor, which I believe actually is the most 
biomimicking sort of replacement for low stomach acid on the market. Um, and then the other thing that was always sort of just aware for me is that most of us who have low stomach acid, um, we have it for all kinds of reasons, but we typically also struggle with, with um, prokinetics or I mean, struggle with peristalsis and we need a prokinetic. And so I always thought that it would be nice to do, the, to do them together because um, why not? And so including the DGL helps heal the mucus linings and just um, it's a, you know, a, a good digestive tonic herb. And then the ginger, ginger's been studied in, in research in humans to basically help stimulate contractions out of the stomach. And so um, I, I was like, well, we're already doing the intrinsic factor. Let's see if we can't take this thing up a, a few more notches with some other normal healing uh, compounds for digestive issues. And so that's kind of what the, the formula was. And it, it turns out, I mean, I got kind of lucky in some ways, it was a theory. And, you know, the results have been basically that, that most people end up reporting better outcomes with it than the regular betaine and pepsin. And they end up taking less pills usually is, is and that's usually one of the biggest benefits Yeah, is that some of us have to take like eight of the other pills and you might only need like four of ours. Yeah. I find I need one to three at, at max and depending on how much protein I eat. Um, and I've just kind of learned to, to gauge it. So this is really critical, right? Getting this one right is really important. So walk people through how they get started with your betaine or any betaine product. What's yeah, the sort so of the any, process? Yeah. yeah. So any betaine, ours or anybody else's, you want to do what's called a, a, a betaine HCL challenge. So basically you start with one pill with a normal dinner with either animal or vegetable protein. And then if you notice any heat or anything like that, you take some baking soda, uh, and neutralize it, you probably uh, either have high acid or normal acid and you're like, this is not a supplement for you. Get your money back from us or from somebody. Um, those of us who can take a pill with a normal meal, you know, like a burger or steak or a salmon filet or something, and you don't feel anything, that's starting to indicate that you do have low acid levels. And so you basically just go day by day and you keep increasing one pill, two pills, three pills. And at some point, um, about 70% of people will notice a heat or a burning, kind of like a heartburning feeling at like, say, say you get to pill five, you take a, you know, a teaspoon of baking soda and a small amount of water, chug that back, that'll neutralize the, the, the abundance of acid. Um, your ideal dose then is four. Um, other people like myself don't really ever, for a long time, I never really had that burning sensation. But what you do get is typically loose stools and just everything's moving way too fast. Nah, and, so and that's, that's how you know. Case. That's yep. it. So it's either the burning or things are moving too fast. Yep. And so it's, it's one less than that. Um, and that's kind of your ideal dose. And unfortunately, um, uh, BTNHCL is one of those things where just taking one or two because you're afraid or you don't know, or you're concerned, you don't really get the benefit. Um, you gotta get, you gotta get your dosing right because the difference between like two and three for some people is literally the difference between no GI issues and GI issues. Um, it, it is the dosing on, on our product or anyone else's product for HCL cannot be understated that this is a bit of a science project for you to figure out. And, it, and when you get it right, the benefits are there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's a common misconception. I heard you, heard you talk about this previously where sometimes people say, you know, betaine is contraindicated for people with H. pylori. Could you just touch on that real quick? Yeah. So this is a myth that I just can't wait to kill. Um, 
so H. pylori in, in, you know, the last 30 years has been notoriously hard to kill. And, um, and so back in the nineties and the early two thousands, like a lot of really, really nice people and a really smart people were trying to figure out how do you kill H. pylori. And if you look at like the early triple antibiotic, uh, uh, studies and things like that, the efficacy is just terrible. Like, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, think about that. You're taking three high dose antibiotics, which is doing, you know, terrible things to your microbiome. And you're like, I think it's usually around 40% or 50% chance of killing the H. pylori. That's like not good. And those are bad odds from an engineering perspective. Yeah. Um, so they started to just play with things and they found that adding bismuth, which is a uh, acid blocking or, you know, basically turns things basic in your stomach, improved the outcomes. And so basically, you know, I think a lot of a natural paths and functional medicine people, integrative people and chiropractors kind of saw this trend and started to, because they weren't getting very good results for their H. pylori, they just started to incorporate it as well. And we sort of this just myth started, this theory started. And I found the exact opposite. So I did have H. pylori and I did take betaine HCL straight through my program. And I have before and after tests showing I don't have anymore. I also replicated that with people as a consultant more, more than like 20 or 30 times. So um, I don't have a thousand data points, but I have a lot of data points. And now I have a lot of other practitioner friends who are reversing their stance on this, that if you take um, a acid neutralizing substance, whether it's, a, uh, whether it's a PPI or a bismuth or something like that, what the thought is, is that you're drawing the H. pylori out because what H. pylori does is it attaches and then tries to shut down acid production all around it. Think of it like a alien invader that Friggin attaches and then shuts down the power all around it. And then there's low acid in there in that like cellular area and it allows H. pylori to thrive. So if you're taking HCL and you're trying to kill H. pylori, why would we create a better environment for the H. pylori? Like, why wouldn't we create the most inhospitable environment for the H. pylori to live? That's, that's my premise. That's my theory. And th that's kind of my results. And I think that People have just been using, they've been not using biofilm disruptors when they, when they do their H. pylori killing programs. And I think that's a, a huge key. Um, like NAC has been, uh, has been studied for, for increasing H. pylori outcomes with, uh, with herbal programs. And so like if you use the right combo of disrupting the H. pylori and you create a harsh environment that it doesn't want to live in, um, I, I think you can really get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So strong betaine, NAC, anything else? I mean, the, a lot of people overlook mastic gum. Yeah. Mastic know? gum. Yeah. Mastic gum, some really cool stuff. And, and, and then the other thing is like, uh, don't, don't be afraid of high dosages, like get after it. Uh, a lot of people kind of, again, you can have, you can have side effects. You can, you know, you can overdo killing herbs and, and you should work with a practitioner. And if you do have, uh, uh, side effects, you should be, you know, get on the phone with that person, text that person, email that person, whoever's administering these protocols so that they can titrate the dose down and then slowly build you back up, pull you off completely, switch products, whatever it might be. Um, but when you go for it, just go for it. Don't, don't just take two capsules, take, you know, take the right dosage. And if you don't know what the right dosage is, just Google um, that, that name, H. pylori and NCBI. That'll show you the studies on PubMed that have been done and what are the dosages? Because a lot of times people will give you a thousand milligrams when everything that was studied was 3000, but they're nervous and they don't want you to, you know, have a bad reaction. Yeah. So 
make sure that you get the right dosages of whatever you're using. Awesome. Are there any other um, common myths about the gut or your category of products you'd like to dispel? <laughs> uh, you know, here's a huge one that I can't wait to like, this will be my, this will be what I'm going to beat the drum about in 2022. So you're going to get an early preview here. Um, probiotics do not need to be alive. They don't need to survive. They don't. Mm. There's this, this massive uh, industry trend over the last five to 10 years that spore forming bacteria, which are super resistant to all types of conditions are the only ones. And then they're the best ones because they don't get dead by your stomach acid. That is not true at all. There's thousands of research studies showing that, um, that a live bacteria, like a lactobacillus acidophilus or something like a fragile probiotic in a regular capsule, not an acid resistant, not an enteric capsule still delivers massive benefits massive benefits, as long as you use the right dosage. On top of that, there is a whole class of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of studies showing that when you heat kill the bacteria, the probiotic, you, you kill it off, and then you put it in a capsule and you give it to them, you actually get better effects in some cases, depending on what you're measuring. So if you want immune benefit, you probably actually don't want a spore forming bacteria. You actually don't want a live bacteria. You want dead bacteria in the right dosages in the right strains. And there's so some I sort of signaling mechanism that happens from the bacteria, even though they're dead. Yep. Yep. Because the immune system starts to interact with those, those, uh, those dead uh, cells or, or molecules, you know, it'd be cells, I guess, in this case. And, and that stimulates um, amazing stuff for, for, um, for upper respiratory in fact, infections, for uh, your, your, your eczemas, your atopic dermatitis, your seasonal allergies. Um, like if you're trying to solve those issues, um, typically you want a, a what's called a paraprobiotic or a dead heat killed probiotic. You don't, you don't actually, there's not like that much data around spore formers or uh, other ones for that kind of outcome. Mm. So the probiotic story is much, much more complex. And also uh, people are really underdosing on, on, you know, like this, you have to hit the strain right and the dose right. Just because one is lactobacillus rhamnosus, if it's not lactobacillus rhamnosus, like say uh, HN001, um, then it's, it's, it may not help you with constipation. You have to use the actual strain. Yeah. And, and uh, I've seen studies where they try to compare like a hundred different of the same strain to see if they, if they cause different benefits. And they do. Like all of them have a different range of outcomes. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's not just family and species, it's strain level. You have to be strain level specific. You have to be dose specific. And frankly, it, it may not need to be alive. Fascinating. Well, thanks for sharing that. Is there one more you'd like to share? <laughs> uh, okay, you gut. got your Mythbuster hammer out. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I can't think of anything. I think the, you know, I think the future of this is going to be trying to rebuild the microbiome. Um, and then, and then these, uh, so, so I'm really fascinated right now. I'm doing a ton of research on how do, can I build products that rebuild your butyrate production without taking a tributyrate. So um, yeah. I think- people, And that's fascinating. I'd love to, you know, be a, a, a guinea pig for you on that one because that's, that's like a holy grail. I think if you can figure that out, because I've, you know, I've got multiple tests to show that I'm low on butyrate production and taking it exogenous is great, but I'd love to get it back where my body's producing it on its own. Yeah, I, I would just say like, I, I don't have that figured out yet. That's a work in progress. Um, the para, the para probiotics will have a product out later this year that I think is gonna be amazing for, 
for immune health and, and seasonal allergies. Really excited about that. And um, yeah, I think, I think the, uh, the future of probiotics is gonna be uh, you know, creating probiotics for the brain, creating probiotics for your mm. bones, creating probiotics for your liver. And it'll be very specific about the strain and the, the dosage. And we'll get away from these. Oh, well, you should just take, you know, this, you know, basic spore former. It'll be, it'll be much more targeted than that. And not that those are bad. They're very good at some things, but it's just like, you have to be very intentional about what you want your probiotic to do. Yeah. Um, one of my first podcasts was with a small company um, and they're doing human sourced or humans, uh, human sourced. Uh, probiotics that they source from academics and world-class athletes and their claim to fame is you can help increase testosterone and uh, muscle muscle gains um you know with their probiotics. I'll, I'll put them in the show notes if I, their name escapes me at the moment um I'm, that's super cool yeah 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 super cool so well Stephen, it's been great having you on i will share just you know this with you and with the listener is you know since starting your products i've seen an improvement in stool quality energy level, clarity, sleep, and food tolerance. So uh, I've, tr- <laughs> I've tried a lot of things over the years. So hats off to you. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for sharing that, Eric. And I'm so glad that you, you know, gave him a shot. Yeah, a- absolutely. Well, we'll put a, a, a link and a discount code or whatever down in the, in the show notes for everybody. Um, any, any parting thoughts uh, for the, for the listener as we, as we, um, wrap no, up we did, we did build some coupons out. So Take a look into the snow, uh, the snow notes, <laughs> the show notes. Uh, there'll be a $15 off and free uh, U.S. domestic shipping uh, for listeners of the show. Um, so, so take a look at those. And um, yeah, I mean, if you take anything away, you don't have to buy from Healthy Gut, but just be, be willing to, to vary your dosages. Don't just take for whatever the bottle, I don't care if it's curcumin or not, or uh, HCL, don't just take whatever the bottle says as, as what you should be taking. Awesome. Well, thanks, Stephen. Really appreciate you joining the show today. Well, there you have it, folks. A great podcast with Stephen Wright from HealthyGut.com. And as I mentioned previously, if you suffer from gas, bloating, indigestion, abdominal pain, or just kind of any digestive upset, consider giving the products at HealthyGut.com a try. Use discount code THRIVE for $15 off your order and free shipping. And if you have comments or questions, please visit thrivality.com slash podcast and uh, post your comments and questions there. Thanks a ton. Have a fantastic day.